Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. At this time, please turn with me to St. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 and verse 14. While you're finding our scripture passage, let me say this. God never had a beginning. He refers to himself in the Old Testament book of Exodus as I am that I am God. He never had a beginning, but always was and is and will be. God defines all things. Whether we want him to be there or not, he is there. Beloved, we are not in a position to negotiate what we call reality. God defines reality. When we come into existence, we stand before a God who made us and owns us. We have absolutely no choice in the matter. We do not choose to believe to be. We do not choose to be. And when we do come into being, we do not choose that God is. No ranting or raving or sophisticated doubt or skepticism has any effect, any effect on the existence of God. He simply and absolutely is. If we don't like it, we can change and do what God wants us to do, and then we'll have joy, or we can resist to our own destruction. But one thing remains absolutely unassailed. God is. He was there before we came, and he will be there when we're gone. And therefore, what matters in this life above all things is this God. I don't care who you are. You cannot escape the simple and obvious truth that God must be the main thing in your life. He is the main thing because life has to do with God because all of the universe has to do with God. Every atom, every emotion, every soul of every angelic and demonic and human being belongs to God. And God absolutely is. He created all that is. He sustains everything in being. He directs the course of all events because from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Now let's turn to our Bible passage for today. St. John chapter 1 Verses 1 through 3 and verse 14. In the beginning, the word was already there. Mm, I'm going to read that again. 
In the beginning, the word was already there. The word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. Nothing that has been made was made without him. The word became a human being. Some translations say the word became flesh. He made his home with us. We have seen his glory. It is the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, and the Word was full of grace and truth. Let us pray. Oh, God, as we come before your throne, as a corporate body of believers, even listeners that access this word via our podcast. We come as earthlings. We come through all that we have suffered. But we know now that we come to the very fountain of life. Those that are weary and feel like giving up and no matter what they do, it's not worth it. Revive their hearts, their souls and their minds and their emotions right now. We have come to the place of restoration and we receive, oh God, that water of eternity, the word of eternity with joy in the name of Jesus. God, we bring up all those names before your throne now. We, dear God, intercede for every person whose name that we've called is sick. For all of our senior church members, we bring them before your throne. Those that have lost loved ones, those that are dealing with debilitating diseases, those that are dealing with incurable diagnosis and prognosis. God, now we pray for your servant that it would be all of you and none of me. Oh God, that you would have your way, sin and anointing. Not like yesterday and not like tomorrow, but an anointing for right now. Bring eternity into time and cause us to witness resurrection where things that we thought were dead come back to life. Let your word have full fruit and course in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 14a, the word became a human being. The word became a human being. I would like to use for a topic this morning, the outward expression of the divine, the outward expression of the divine. In the beginning, the word began to speak, or 
in the beginning, God began to speak words. In the beginning, God began to speak words. What does this mean? There was some point when God, who always existed, began to speak. Beloved, when God speaks, it is the revelation of his divine self. In other words, if God is speaking, he is self-expressing his sovereign authority. He is expressing his sovereign freedom and wisdom and power. When God speaks, his words become personified and bring what is spoken into existence. The personification of God's words to humanity are principally and majestically summed up in Jesus Christ. The word became flesh. Woo! The word is with God. The word, this is verse 14. The word is with God. The word is God. And the word became human. This word becoming human, verse 14 says, revealed the glory of God. All things were created through the uncreated word. If heaven is where God dwells, heaven is not technically a place in the sense that we usually think about places. Wherever God was when he spoke the universe into existence, wherever that was when God spoke, Using even the terminology of wherever is a very, from human standpoint, inexact and inappropriate use of the word to describe where God is. We don't have a human word in our vocabulary that can even fathom, comprehend, or describe where God is, not now or before. Even to use the terminology of now and before, these are time phrases, and God exists outside of time. So wherever God is, that's spatial. That spatial terminology that we can't even assign to God. So wherever God was, that's where he is right now. Beloved, <clears throat> we, we can't comprehend the isness of God because God dwells outside the universe 
that he created in a dimension of reality that is different from our own reality of existence. His reality is perfectly suited to his own being and existence. See, beloved, once there was nothing but God, nothing, 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 (laughs) no spatial dimension, no time dimension. There was no up. There was no down. There was no sideways. There was no diagonal. The only reality was God. That's the only reality there was. And that's the only reality there is. He wasn't feeling anything. He was all that existed. The fact that anything else exists is because of God, because God made it, which means what God made is not God. I say this because human beings have a tendency to worship what was created rather than the creator. God is distinct from everything he made. That's where heaven is. That's where wherever is. That is outside of the created material universe that we made, that we know. That's maybe why the Bible says at least eight times that God is exalted above the heavens. In other words, Whatever is the highest heaven you can imagine. We might say galaxies or as far as the Hubble Space Telescope can see the edge of the universe. God is beyond that, above that, under that, over that, and outside of that. That is the highest and the true, the above all place that God exists, above all created material, above the universe, that is where God dwells. Hmm. However, there's a catch. I don't want to say it complicates things, but we're trying to comprehend things. If God dwells in a place that I cannot comprehend, how does God relate to his creation and how does his creation relate to him? At the very heart of Christianity, we have the theology of the incarnation. The eternal son of God, who is with God, the Bible says, and was God for all eternity past. That's what we just read in verse 14, was made flesh. Mm. The uncreated God took on human nature and a material 
physical body. Not only that, but he rose physically and materially from the dead. He was recognized by his friends and the disciples. And he was resurrected. And he took his resurrected body. He was not a ghost. He he ate fish at the beach. He told he told Thomas to put his hand in the wound where the spear had gone. He walked through walls. One minute he was there and the next minute he was not. He took that resurrected body and ascended into heaven where the father was. That's what where Jesus went. God began to speak and Jesus God's word became flesh, became the revelation of God to the created world. And that same body ascended back to the place where God resides, where he initially spoke. What God spoke became flesh. Jesus, as the word is the word of life. He gives light to the world. He overcame darkness. Jesus, the incarnated world, word changes death to life. That's because the word has life in himself and so that we can join him where he is he took our place as a human being at the death on the cross and through both his death and his resurrection from the dead he now has been clothed in a robe that is dipped in a sinless blood and the name by which he is called is the word of God. Jesus as the word is not just the divine son, but the creating, saving divine son who reveals God to his creation and reveals the very purposes of God. Jesus is the divine expression of God. You must go back the beginning. You must go back to the beginning when God began to speak. John is careful to take us back to that time in this prologue that we read in our text. Moreover, the word is not only the creator of all things, but the word is also the sustainer of all things. The same God who creates at the same time powerfully sustains his creation by his providential control over all things. Listen to me, beloved. God's outward expression, his outward expressions always 
follow a basic pattern. They are from the Father, through the Word, in the Holy Spirit. I know I'm right. 1 Corinthians 8 and 6 says, But for us, there is only one God. He is the Father. 1 Corinthians 8 and 6. But for us, there is only one God. He is the Father. All things come from him. And we live for him. And there is only one Lord. He is Jesus Christ. All things came because of him. And we live because of him. Listen to me. Genesis 1 also makes it clear that God is a speaking God. As you go through that first chapter of Genesis, it continues to say, and God said, and God said, let there be. The psalmist tells us in Psalms 33 and 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. When God speaks, creation and revelation happen at the same time, which is why the Son is properly called the Word of God. God does not speak to the creation except through His Son. Lately, I've heard many people say, you know how we, we get sayings and they become popular and everybody's saying it and really not even thinking it through. But many people are saying, that's my truth or... I speak my truth or I live my truth. Beloved, all truth comes from the word of God. He is the sacred repository of all truth. It is the basis for God's revelation to be communicated to humanity. So Jesus is more than the mediator of salvation. He is also the mediator of all divine revelation, whether in creation or the Bible. The word creates, sustains, speaks, and communicates to all creatures some revelation of God. Jesus is God's most powerful self-expression of who he is, which is precisely why John personifies the word in order to highlight God's ultimate self-disclosure. Apart from the word, we could know nothing of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. And now in today's time, the word continues to make declarations of God to humanity. God broke out of himself with speech and words. He spoke his thoughts. He spoke his purpose. He spoke his promises. So the essential word of God clothes itself with flesh 
comes out from God to manifest to us the nature and thoughts of God. He, which is the word of God, is best fitted to manifest the nature of God. The word has the perfect ability to declare the revelation of God. For the word's purpose is to reveal God. John 1 and 18, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only is God and is at the Father's right hand. The one at the Father's side has shown us what God is like in the person of Jesus Christ. The Son of God united himself to our humanity. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But when his days on earth were done, the word did not cease to be human. The word did not cease to be flesh. The ascending son of God, Jesus Christ, did not discontinue being the human Jesus when his redemptive work was done. Jesus did not unzip his human suit as he arose from sight. He did not discard the clothing of our humanity. The ascension of Jesus is the same body in which he was crucified and resurrected and establishes his continuing union with our humanity. The angels assured the disciples who stared into the sky as Jesus ascended. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We know this was never about space travel. Jesus did not go somewhere in outer space. He entered into another state, another kind of dimension where he is at the Father's right hand. But earthbound as we are, we can't understand how a body can enter into the realm of the spiritual. A body entered the realm of the spiritual. This means that the incarnation continues. Jesus retained the body in which he lived, died, rose, and ascended to the Father. The flesh, of course, has been transformed and glorified, and it will never die again. For his body now has been outfitted for an eternal dimension. Jesus has a spiritual body. Jesus is a real human being so that even now he is not ashamed to call us his brothers. God wants what we are because of Jesus. God wants us to be with him. 
in communion with him as embodied humans and our relationship has been restored to what we were created to be because Jesus the human God man now serves as our great high priest he offered himself up once and for all as the perfect atonement for our sins he entered behind the veil into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. His sacrificial offering was once and for all. His application of that offering, the pleading on the merits of the blood that he shared, shed the sinless blood on our behalf continues. And when the father sees us, he does not see us as we are in our sinful state. but sees us through our human representation, Jesus Christ, the God-man who reveals God to us and Jesus reveals us to God and makes a constant connection on our behalf, our brother in skin with the Father in heaven, joined forever to our humanity. He brings to us eternal grace. He had the, the same grace that he enjoyed with his Father from the beginning. And he brings to us the presence of the Father into our lives. He has saved us from the offering of himself as a love gift to us. He presents us before the Father cleansed and recreated. Beloved, today we looked at just a glimpse into not just the nature of Jesus, who is the divine revealer of God, but also the purpose of Jesus. He is the revelation of redemption, which ultimately not only comes through words, but came through his actions, the death, burial, resurrection, ascension and seating at the throne of God as the one who conquered death. Jesus is the word of God, the only one where there is redemption. And in this one, we have redemption. If you have not made the decision to receive this great sacrifice as your own, We invite you to do so now. All you have to do is admit your need for Jesus Christ. In other words, you cannot redeem yourself from your sins. Only Jesus can do that. If you're ready to make that commitment to Jesus, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. 
I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now to ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you. From this day forward, help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please contact me at 231-349-1046 so that I can pray and explain to you the first steps of salvation. God bless you.